Ashling's America, a weekly look at American life with Ashling Taylor. Welcome to Ashling's America. It's me, Ashling, and this is a weekly glimpse into America through my very English tinted glasses. The weather is slowly but surely improving as the weeks go by. Although I have been warned that New York can lull you into a false sense of security and make you think spring has arrived and then hit you with a cold snap and a few feet of snow, so I'm not packing away my winter coat just yet. It does feel like spring is here. In an attempt to dispel the stereotype that Brits talk about the weather a lot, I thought I would avoid this topic, but I just couldn't help myself any longer. Now that I'm not reading the hourly weather updates at Brooklyn's radio a few days a week and living in America where they seem to not mention the weather ever, despite how unpredictable it is, I don't have any outlet for my comments on the weather. So here they all are. The weather here is unbelievably changeable. One day might be 10 degrees and the next day could be minus one. Or another day could be 20 degrees and you don't need a coat, but the next day it drops down to eight. Also, as a side note, all these temperatures are in degrees Celsius because I've yet to succumb to using Fahrenheit, which still doesn't make any sense to me. I feel like back in England, the daily temperature rarely changes by more than a few degrees day to day. Over the course of a week, the temperature might slip down five or six degrees and vice versa, but rarely does it jump or drop 10 degrees overnight, as it seems to do here quite a noticeable amount. This means that you really need to be checking the forecast every day because it's too unpredictable to base how many layers of clothing you need on what you wore the day before. This meant that earlier in my stay here I had a few days when I was very cold and more recently a few days when I was very much overdressed. But I'm getting better at remembering to check the forecast. Now something which I find the forecast less helpful with is predicting what the wind is going to be like. Often the wind chill makes it seem much colder than it actually is, and there have been a lot of very windy days since I've been here. Because the city was built in a grid system, and there are so many skyscrapers and very tall buildings, New York is a city of wind tunnels. A northwesterly wind results in windier avenues, and a southwesterly wind results in windier streets. Therefore, if there was a southwesterly wind, you might be happily walking north along First Avenue, shielded by the buildings to your left. But as soon as you take one step out from behind these buildings to cross the road where 45th Street, for example, intersects First Avenue, you'll be taken aback by a huge gust of icy wind. But if you hurry across the road into the shelter provided by the buildings on the other side, it can seem much more peaceful again. In fact, the wind speed can actually be double what it is when you're shielded by the buildings when you step out between them. Because of this, I found that sometimes if it's raining and it's really windy, it's best to leave your umbrella in your bag and embrace the rain, especially if you're on your way home anyway, because my flimsy little umbrella from home is not up for the challenge of these New York wind tunnels. With the increase in the average temperature each day, The flowers and trees of Central Park have slowly but surely started to gear up for spring. When I first arrived, Central Park looked decidedly dead and there was very little green or any other colour other than brown. But I spent two hours wandering through this oasis earlier in the week and stumbled across some gorgeous bright pink cherry blossoms. 
They really brightened my day and made me stop in my tracks to admire them for a few minutes. But pink isn't the only colour that's starting to emerge in Central Park. Looking closer to the ground, you can see the yellow of the daffodils, and even closer to the ground, small purple flowers are popping up all over the park. I can't wait to see what more Central Park will reveal as the days continue to get warmer. Although I've walked across Central Park to get from one side to the other, or wandered around the middle portion of it, it wasn't until the other day that I headed on down further south and found a whole host of statues scattered beside the paths. I saw the Alice in Wonderland statue and the statues of Robert Burns and Walter Scott. There are 29 statues in Central Park, so I still have plenty more to find, which will probably require a few more hours of exploring. Of course, I could just look up their location online, but that feels a little bit like cheating. So that'll be a little challenge for myself to try and find a few new statues each time I go for a walk in Central Park. That's all from me for now, but I look forward to you joining me next week for another glimpse into Ashling's America. See you then! Ashling's America, a weekly look at American life with Ashling Taylor. Open friends.